What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to become when you grow big? I don't know, a lawyer, a doctor, a school teacher. Now let's think about what are we when we grow up? Who can I be? What can I be? In this episode, we're going to talk about uh, how that question is so irrelevant because we change. Everybody changes. And I found myself last week thinking that I wanted to be a, a school teacher. I found myself in last episode thinking that I wanted to be a, uh, some kind of famous reporter. And the truth is, I, you, we can be whatever we want to be. So uh, let's use our imagination. Let's break out of those dull, mundane role types, those jobs that we never wanted to do, but we need to, or do we? Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name is Aaron Battle. Um, in this episode, we talk about how, how we are the media and how even though uh, Kurt and I have been running this podcast for a bit over a year and a half, um, it's time to step it up. It's time to start covering a little more, a little more weighted topics. Not that we already haven't, but it's time to, I feel like, give more. Give more to everyone that's, that's following this podcast everyone that's interested in the insane, crazy lives of Kurt and Aaron. Um, so if you're interested in checking out the media episode, that's episode 34. So you can go to www.theparadiseparadox.com forward slash 34 and check out how we are the media and how it's time that a lot more of us need to step it up and start creating valuable content, uh, whether it's writing articles or producing the podcast or taking uh, more photos while you're on holidays, it's your job to show the world the world. Cheers to all those that are supporting the Paradise Paradox. Thank you to all the donations that are coming in. Um, we're saving them up and the little piggy bank's getting nice and fat. So, um, you know, we, we're not too sure what we're going to do with all that, but it all gets reinvested into producing a better The Paradise Paradox. So, uh, really, it's, it's for you guys. Let's get into it. So you've been doing some research about some some other podcasts and about some um, some reporters and things like that. What have you learned? Well, it's. I'll start with the reason why I started researching, because yeah. I, I mean I like I like what we do and it's been a whole lot of fun, but I kind of feel like um, our content and uh, and and then the episodes. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now, and it'd be cool to um, to start covering some uh, some more uh, up to date, like more. Um, I mean, like for example, the uh, the Orlando shootings and and uh, you know the, the, the attacks that happened in Paris not long ago. Um, there's just so much going on, and 
I, I didn't notice until I've been living here with family, but they've got a TV on all the time and the crap, ah. the crap that comes through this television is, uh, is disgusting because, I, I mean, there's no questioning. There's no, uh, there's no chance for people to um, question what is going on. They present it like this is, this is what happened. And, uh, and sometimes what they say is contradictory and uh, everyone's too busy to, to even process that, you know, that there may be a higher agenda behind the way television's being delivered. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is sometimes, yeah. Uh, it always makes me think of, like, in, in 1984. Um, so, in 1984, the, the, the main character is employed by the, the, the government, uh, and he goes through and he, he edits pictures and, and changes past articles. So, basically, he rewrites history uh, whenever he sits down to work. And it's kind of what it's, what it's like when you watch the TV. Like one day they'll present the, the, the story in one way and say these are the facts. The next day the facts have changed or they've, you know, they've got inf- new information, but they never tell you we apologize, you know, that was an early report so, so we had the wrong information. They just go with it confidently as if it's always been like that. And people, to some extent, if they're, if they're not really tuned in and, and focusing and analyzing it, then they'll just say, oh, yeah, that's how it is. Well, that, That's how it's always That been. ability to critically think is not something that's really encouraged in school. Of course not. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, that, that's kind of the, the base. Anyway, so I've been looking at other podcasts and other alternative media outlets, yep. and you know, I really appreciate the work they're doing. Uh, and I think you know the, the fact that we're we're developing a, a following now. It'd be it'd be nice to you know to, to step it up a little bit and, and you know get on the scene faster. Mm. Uh, so I I mean and I'm not a I'm not a reporter. I was never interested in in journalism. Um, my my knowledge of the area is uh, minimal, and out of nowhere it just it just occurred to me. Well, you know, let's have a look at who the best reporters were. Or you know, most interesting, right. most interesting reporters. Because uh, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I don't know much about about reporting. So you know, this is this is kind of entertaining as well for me. So yep. I came across um, Hunter S. Thompson, and mm-hmm. um, actually, my my brother Benjamin, he um, he introduced me to him uh, when he came over to visit me months ago, and I kind of uh, I didn't. I didn't look into it. I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is this is interesting. I know there's a couple of movies about him and all that. Um, but yesterday, it just came up on my feed in, in YouTube, a, a documentary about him. So, you know, as I'm working away, I'm listening to this documentary in the sideline. And, uh, and, and that, that guy, um, I mean, he was out of control, but he did deliver something interesting. I mean, the commentary about him, um, I, I found interesting because... A lot of people say that his his reporting style or his information that he delivered was the um, the most accurate or correct, yet the least factual. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I suspect that's probably something that he's he's said about himself to begin with. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's what they say. Yes. So I thought with that that's that's silly. I mean, how can you um, how can you Produced, or how can you be a reporter um, and uh, and B 
be zero facts, yet, uh, <laughs> yet your stories are, are interesting, entertaining, and, they, uh, and they're very accurate. I mean, you know, this is back um, end yeah, of 60s Well, they reveal some underlying truth. That's, the, that's, that's what they say. Like, the, the, the idea is that um, sometimes fiction can, can speak to somebody much more deeply and, and have much more truth than just a, 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 an article which accurately reports the fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know what I took away from uh, from learning about his life. I don't. I don't understand what what, what I learned. I mean, okay. What I think um, I'm going to take away is that you can um, you can cover things and um, you know enjoy yourself while doing it. But I mean, apparently he's like a hero. So I mean, how does that? How did that happen? <laughs> well, he he uh, did a lot of drugs and wrote some crazy stories and and became a sort of folk legend. Yes. Yeah. I know. So that, that's that's kind of the first uh, the first reporter that that I came across that I, I thought uh, I can take something away from. Um, yep. But. Uh, yeah, I think I need to. I need to look into uh, journalism techniques, and uh, okay. and you know what what reporters what reporters do, and it's and it, it is it is kind of silly because um, I'm still I'm still going through that phase of you know what what I want to be when I grow up. I think that's mm-hmm. that's pretty a, a common <laughs> thing amongst amongst um, you know our generation of thirty year olds. But yeah. Uh, yeah, last week it was like. Uh, I want to be a, I want to be a primary school teacher, you know. Maybe when I when I go home, um, and then these last couple of days, it's like, well, what what am I thinking? I'm, I'm already I'm already part of a uh, of a movement. There's there's a huge change coming over the whole planet, economically, financially, politically, pretty much in every aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I've already and well, we have set up um, you know this podcast. To talk about these ideas, uh, I should yep. take advantage of it and start putting more energy into into covering stories and and topics that are going to assist other people break away from their you know connection to this mass media. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's that's great. I think that's kind of what what we're trying to do here. Um, at least <laughs> what it's evolved into. Yeah, it is an it is an evolution. <laughs> Um, yeah. because I, I look back at those two guys that started the first episode and I don't even know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably because you were so uncomfortable in, in front of the camera and were like, uh, yeah, uh, what's going on? <laughs> I, I think, I think that's, that's normal, isn't it? Uh, yeah. it's, you know, we, I've never, well, I mean, I know you had a bit of experience with, uh, with producing video audio content. But uh, but I, I came completely out of out of nowhere, um, and, and now I look back and I think um, you know even considering where we are now, what I've taken away from from doing the podcast, um, which actually came from advice from Duncan Trussell and his Family Hour podcast, is that everybody should do a podcast, invite their friends around and talk about what's important to them. Um, mm. And so, uh, and so what we we just said, screw it, let's let's shoot. Yep. And we started yep. the podcast. Uh, 
Yeah, well, I do, I do think it's it's so important um, to to produce some kind of media. Um, so I remember um, uh, some article I read years ago, and it was talking about how, um, so say in 1900, um, you didn't have a, t a TV or a, a VCR or anything like that. Um, and uh, the family would come around and, and, you know, you had the family piano or someone had a guitar or something and you start playing a song and, and everybody joins in and everybody can sing. Everybody's producing and, and, you know, the entertainment comes from within, whereas then, you know, came, came the, this, uh, this uh, era of, of more mass media, um, television especially, um, where you could access the, this media at any time and that became the primary source of entertainment. Instead of having to, to generate something, you could just vegetate and, and absorb something, mm -hmm. which is very, very dangerous for the collective psyche. Um, and then um, now it's changing again. It's, go it's going back to, to, to how it was in some sense because now we can all... Uh, you know, we can all make mashups, or we can we can all uh, download uh, videos and turn it into a meme or something like that. Go on Simpsons shit posting and <laughs> and and make something ridiculous to to entertain ourselves or produce videos or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I think I, I think it's important to to actually do that <laughs> and exercise, uh, you know, use the, the great um, opportunity that's being presented to you and um, become a better communicator while you're at it because I think that's going to be something that, um, that really advances the, the human race because the better communicators we are, the more we can connect with each other, um, the more we can relate to each other and... and uh, I expect that the the more peaceful Earth will be, and the more we can achieve. Man, you've packed in so many topics into that. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to stick with yeah. It's it's an evolution. I think uh, I think we we are going yeah. back to more of a natural state. I think it's important that people do connect to each other rather than uh, sit next to each other and and tune into something external, which pushes you further into your own head. And then, uh, you know, you don't even realize that maybe, maybe your own family, there's so many different ideas on the same thing just because nobody talks about it. Mm. Um, and then, then it's like the personal evolution as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got no problem jumping on and, and on the fly, just having a, a chat to a friend, which I can share with the whole world. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good superpower. Um, and I mean, just yesterday I was thinking, I'm going to be at my sister's wedding pretty soon and, um, you know, I might have to do a speech or something. And it's like, you know, if it wasn't, this podcast has really helped me, uh, you know, develop a, an ability of, I couldn't care less. So, uh, you know, that's kind of a freedom to express yourself in, in perhaps a large group of, uh, in front of a large group of people or, or public speaking or just, uh, just your own personal self-confidence uh, is has greatly uh, improved with the with the podcast. How are we going? You still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here now. Oh, cool. Okay, all right. I guess you have to watch the episode to tune into what I just said. 
<laughs> Great. I'm, I'm sure it was uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> just just a little bit about personal development. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, I don't um, know where to go from there because I, I didn't hear your rant. So. No. Well, it, it was. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'm, this is encouragement for people to start producing their own thing because you, uh, you you do become you do change. I mean, we change on a, a daily basis. Um, he's a, he's a funny idea that I was explaining to a few of my uh, younger cousins yesterday. Hmm. That um, I mean, I, I got. I'm living here with uh, with one of my well, my cousins, and she has a couple. Um, she has three kids, so it's uh, it's. I like to talk to the I like to talk to the kids because I find it's interesting and it's uh, interesting how they how they absorb ideas. They have such a different way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm I'm telling them, uh, you know, like you know, we we are constantly changing. There's a, there's a spiritual nature to ourselves. And it's important that uh, that you appreciate not who you are in the mirror, but who you are uh, in what you know you are, uh, something like that. So, uh, and, and then you know they're looking at me all confused, like you know, has Aaron been drinking, or is he talking crazy, or what's he been doing on the rooftop again? Something like this. Inhaling uh, tar. Or <laughs> oh, I don't I don't know what's up there. I mean, uh, it's it's Mexico City, so you can get pretty high just breathing the, the air uh, all brain dead um, so where I'm saying look how old, how old are you girls and, and they're, they're like uh, 15, 16 and I said well you're very different to who you were when you were 5 years old and you're very different to who you're going to be when you're 30 years old mm. um, these three people now are three completely different people and if they're sitting next to each other they might not even recognize that they're the same person, just in different time. Yeah. Um, and then, so then they're thinking like, well, that's, I mean, I could see they're thinking because they weren't saying anything and they're looking very confused. And then, then I thought, okay, so what happens when you can, uh, when you know yourself that well that you can appreciate changes within, within weeks or months or you can feel yourself developing on a daily basis, um, mm. then I can say the person that I am tomorrow He's not the person that I am right now, and the person I was yesterday is, is very different to who I am right now. Um, and then, then I started throwing out a few examples, and even in just me talking about this, I realised that that I've changed a whole lot. And you know, I think I think we I think we both have. Yep. I mean, just, just looking at the two kids that started the podcast a year and a half ago or so. <laughs> I mean, you know, they they were they were two young boys, and now now I'm looking at two men. <laughs> well, we have facial hair, so um, that wasn't there before. Okay, okay, that, that's all it takes. Well, uh, I mean, this is part of uh, looking at yourself and not recognizing yourself. It's like you know, we look different, so you know how how big is that gap? Yeah, um, not not that big in this case, but uh, over five, you know, ten, fifteen years, it could be. Um, but I, I realized that, that I changed a lot because they're asking me like, you know, what do you mean? And they, they're doing these ones like, hmm, I hear what you're saying, but what do you mean? And, and I thought, well, okay, here's a couple of examples. And it's, this is pretty, pretty good one. Because I don't know if many people go through this. Um, I've always considered myself to be a dog person. I think we have this, you know, you're a dog person, you're a cat person. You, you want, you want the other or a little more than the other. Yeah. Um, a week ago, I think I became a cat person. Mm. And, and this is something that I've never thought about and this is something I've never worried about or considered. 
But it's a pretty big change because Aaron dog person and Aaron cat person individually wouldn't understand why they'd want to change. <laughs> okay, so why did you change? I don't know. I, I, got, I got no idea. But I'm, I think, I'm guessing you've had more exposure to cats. Well, I, I, as a kid, I never, had, I never really had any pets other than, uh, other than I think we had a bird at one stage. Um, who, who is taking was, care of Wally, by the way? Um, right now, um, he's with my mother-in-law. Right. And apparently, apparently he's very happy and he's starting to talk. This is what, this is what I heard. Okay, so, so you he's know. coming out of his shell. Yeah, yeah, because he, he didn't like me at all. And I always considered myself to be a dog person because before I left Australia, my sister had a dog and, uh, and you know, I became quite fond of, of Poppy. Uh, and then I thought, this is cool. I've always wanted to have a pug. And then I got a pug and he had some kind of jealousy issue with me and destroyed everything I gave him. And then gave, gave me these evil looks like, you, you shouldn't be in my house. I'm like, Wally, you're, you're 0.5 a foot tall. You're a dog. Don't, don't be telling me who who's can't be in your house. Anyway, so uh, we when, didn't get along very well. So this to the I, girls, I, did, they, did they understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, okay. to, towards the end, they, they, they thought. Um, I think we've really made some, some progress. Okay, okay. Um, because uh, I just, I just enjoyed seeing people go through an active uh, thought process. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, okay. So I had, I had a problem with the last dog we had. He didn't like me, and, and now I'm in this house where there's, there's two cats, and you know, I think they're, I think they're wonderful. I, I, I absolutely love these cats in the house now. Mm. One's one's only a kitten. One's been around for many years, so I, I've never really had exposure to cats before. Um, and then I could see the the different behavioural patterns of a, a dog versus a cat. And I thought, you know what? I'm not I'm not a dog person at all. I'm a cat person. And then um, and then this other thought just occurred to me. He's like, wait a minute. Are you telling me there's more than one type of cat? Like I've had this idea, and like, I've never I never thought about it. You mean like, you don't mean breeds? Like, you mean like personality types? Well, kind of, kind of both. Um, right. Because I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, I always feel embarrassed if I was to say I didn't realize the different breeds of cats. Because obviously, you have you know black ones and yellow ones, yeah. but, <laughs> but it's it, it was it was more than that. Okay. Um, it's like it's like the thought never the thought never evolved into. Um, you know, there, there's like so many different breeds of cats and their, their, their behavior, they're like little characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So, hey, I'm a cat person. So uh, I understand we got a little off topic, yeah. but um, the interesting part about all this is I, I realized that perhaps I should start questioning other aspects of myself, mm-hmm. and I think that's important for, for everybody because I started thinking, well, you know, who was I when I was in Australia? And then you define yourself by questions like, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, a lot of people don't, but um, at least in, in my family and my um, surroundings it was like are you a are you a ford man or are you a holden man 
That's, uh, I can't believe people even make that distinction. Like, do you support this uh, multinational corporation? Do you, uh, does your soul res- resonate with this multinational corporation? Or does it resonate with that multinational corporation? The, the joke is every year they, these two cars look more and more similar. Yeah. They're, I mean, the majority of the other ones, I mean, other than the, other than the Commodore and the Falcon, um, the majority of the other cars are designed in Europe and produced in, I don't know, Korea or somewhere. Yeah. I mean, th- there's, no, there's no cars produced in Australia anymore, yet, you know, we still have this, you know, I'm a, I'm a Ford motor man and uh, I'm, I'm a Holden guy. Anyway, so um, that, that came to mind because... Uh, I've always been a Holden guy. <laughs> and since I've been in Mexico, it's like, well, there's no Holdens here. So I guess that makes me a Ford man now. So that's another change. <laughs> but um, you, could be, you could be anything. So, I mean, General Motors has about 10 brands just to begin with. Ford's just one of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, just, um, it's just a funny funny thought <laughs> that, um, that we, we do try and define ourselves by do we like this or this? And uh, I, I realize because I've been hanging out with some older people as well, like um, Joanna's uh, family. I've been hanging out with uh, with her grandma quite a bit, um, and you know she's almost eighty five years old. Uh, and I realize that she's not really making any new choices anymore. Mm. It's it's like you know this is I you know I'm this is who I am. I'm I'm this. I'm that, and I'm here, um, and I'm not going to. Well, there's no, there's no thought. It's like you know what? I don't, I don't like that. I might, I might not have tried it for twenty years, but I don't like that. <laughs> and it's like, well, if you haven't tried it for twenty years, how do you know? You can't argue with old people. <laughs> you, you just, you just, you just don't win. You can't. Um, and then, then I thought, wait a minute. So there's something here. When you stop making decisions for yourself, and you drink too much Coke, Coca-Cola, that is, and you watch too much television. Yeah. You start, you start putting yourself into these boxes like, you know, I'm the blue guy or I'm the red guy. Um, and then you just check out. You just check out of life because you're not making decisions anymore. You just autopilot. You know, yeah. you, you yeah. identify with, with your ego choices and then you create this character that's, that's not you. Um, and that's what I think, that's what I think um, is happening to a lot of people. And it's, it's scary because... You know, there's this reaction nature that comes out of that and you realize, I mean, when you realize you're talking to somebody, but you're not talking to them, you're talking to their decisions of decades ago, it's, uh, it's kind of scary because um, mm. if, if you realize what's going on, you just stop talking. You're like, yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no discussion here. I'm getting a, a, a quick reaction of 20 years ago. Like, we're not even in time anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think about that. Um, I remember there's this part in uh, in uh, Dick Feynman's book. I think it's from Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, and he t- he talks about when he was like 15 or something, and he was he was in a restaurant, uh, and he's like, "Hmm, which dessert shall I order?" Uh, and he decided on a banana split or a flan, whatever it was, um, and he thought, "You know, I really like this. I think I'll just eat this dessert for the rest of my life." And he he says, "Well, I guess that was." There was one less thing, one less decision I had to make, um, which on one hand, he was trying to conserve brain power, I guess, because, you know, he didn't have to think about that ever again. 
but on the other hand, he made this fixed decision. So, um, in a way, you could say he'd, he'd begun to die. Um, and uh, I, I, Tim Ferriss talk, talks about this: how, say, when you wake up in the morning, it's good to um, it's good to have a routine for breakfast, so that way you don't have to waste your willpower um, deciding what you're going to have for breakfast. Which there's yeah. some there's some controversy whether that idea of, of uh, uh, depleting um, amount of willpower is actually accurate or not, um, but I guess it saves time in any case because you 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 can get more efficient at, at making this thing for breakfast. Um, but sometimes I find myself sitting in a restaurant and it's a restaurant I've been to scores of times and I review the entire mm-hmm. menu and I consider every option. And then I end up ordering the same thing I, I always order. And I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that happens there with a lot of people. Yeah. Well, uh, just about like efficiency and like in hacking your, hacking your life. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, like routine, routine's good. Um, I know that uh, there was a thing, an article I read a while back, um, Steve Jobs and uh, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the, these kind of, you know, mm. high performance um, CEO types, um, they they have their their own casual uniform. So it's like you know, it's uh, what day is it today? This is what I wear. You know, no, there's no thought. And and I think uh, for a while that's that's kind of good. I mean, if you're living in a city and you know you're working long hours and you need to move and traveling and and tra- you know commuting from home to work, then you know you, you do kind of want to minimize the uh, the time that you're spending deciding, you know, am I uh, you know what am I going to what am I going to eat for breakfast? Um, but you are, you do kind of, uh, you are kind of, you know, like you said, dying, you're kind of giving your life away a little bit and time, time speeds up so much, so much faster. Yeah. 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 So like, like when my parents, my parents are retired now and they, and yeah, my dad said to me, um, yeah, well, it just seems like days and, and weeks just breeze by and I guess that's what happens. And I think, I think that's. Uh, to some extent that might be a, a risk because if you get into that routine and let, let things let your life just breeze by then it is just going to breeze by if you don't get yeah. make uh, an effort to, to do new things and try new things and I think that's always a, a, a constant risk for all of us um, maybe not in terms of what you make yourself for breakfast or something but you know in terms of what you do with your days, what what goals you have, your ambitions. Um, I, I yep. don't think uh, if we really want to make a change in this world, we can't really afford to just leave those things to chance, or not entirely to chance, at least. Yeah, ex- exactly. Because um, I mean, we started out saying that people just absorb television and they're not critically yep. thinking. I mean, they're not questioning, they're not making, that's part of not making decisions. Um, and yeah, we, we lose the capacity to, um, to live our life. Mm. I mean, in, in short, yeah, that's, you know, we're, we're basically all, uh, you know, putting our life on the hook and saying, yep, just, um, just going to hang out here until I'm dead. Mm. Fuck that. Well, I, I kind of want a little bit of that a little bit right now. <laughs> I mean, I've been trapped in Mexico for too long with, with <laughs> crappy, sucky internet. I just, I just want to go home. <laughs> Where is home? Where is home? 
Yeah, that's another question because, I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty comfortable here. Um, I know when I go back to Australia, I'm not going to recognize my friends, my mum and dad. I mean, everyone's changed. It's only been a couple of years, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm still questioning who I am. So, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to reflect on other people and expect to know who they are? It's like there's, there's no chance. So, yeah. I guess I guess that means I'm living to the extreme because you know I've got no I've got no foundation to make decisions on. Everything's just on the I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how to even explain that. Everything's so um, so new. Well, I, I kind of wonder if I if I take a trip back to Australia, um, it's not it's not maybe not so much in the in in the regional towns but like in sydney or melbourne am i going to look around and say holy shit it's so much more of a police state and everything is more controlled uh because i think that that is the the tendency and you know people don't um mention that kind of stuff to me even though i i talk to my australian friends um but it's like this this really slow creep um and even for example uh, going back to Maitland, to my hometown, after, after a, a year or two, I noticed uh, going to a nightclub um, in, in, in Maitland, uh, they, they were doing stuff like if you, if you went, walked in, they had to scan your ID and, and they had to take your thumbprint. And I was like, what the fuck? What is this big brother bullshit going on here? It's very, very strange. Um, and apparently, that's their uh, that's their measures to to reduce violence. And I believe it's a, a regulatory thing. It's not something that the that the club decided to do on their own. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of biz- bizarre change that can happen sometimes if you don't look around. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, if we, if we were to go home, I mean, I haven't had that experience, but when I was a security guard at, uh, at the world bar in Sydney, it was, um, you know, I, I developed, I mean, I've got a lot of, a lot of friends that are still in, still in that scene, but, uh, you know, and they, they post stuff relating to the, you know, the, the Sydney nightlife and the whole industry. And yeah, it was like, it was a news article that popped up. They, um, they posted, um, some TV was covering, some TV channel was covering the, um, you know, the, the, the new strategy to minimize uh, violence. Right. And it was like automatic, yeah, they, they get your license and they put it through this machine and the machine flashes red or green um, based on, you know, incidences that you've been mm-hmm. involved in or, or whether you've been banned from other venues and all the venues are all linked up. I mean, this is in King's Cross and, you know, that's kind of the, the poster boy for, you know, we're going to crack down on nightlife and, and in turn, they completely destroyed the, uh, the Sydney nightlife industry, um, which, wow. I mean, it's, it's pretty sad because I know, you know, I put, I put a lot of friends out of business, um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of bar staff, you know, not going to get their hours anymore. And, uh, you know, security, uh, security well, they're, they're, they're always trying to cut back. And uh, the funny thing was, uh, for those that, that didn't follow the story or not tuned into it, um, the the area that was exempt from the changes of the nightlife was all on uh, on Darling Harbour where they've got the casinos. Yeah, yeah of course. 
and uh, and the main casino, uh, which is completely exempt from uh, you know no shots after midnight, no uh, you know no, no lockout hours, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, and of course, the violence and the crime and the incidents has just skyrocketed down the road, or you know the next in the next hub of of clubs. So I mean, it's it's like these strategies just for somebody to say. Uh, you know, I'm doing something classic. You know, middle management stuff. You know, trying to uh, just approve themselves of their own work, just to make sure they're they're busy enough not to lose their job. Well, that's, that's pretty much government in general. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> ah, see, sí. gracias. Uh, yeah. No, but at least at least I feel like um, generally uh, most people are starting to are starting to question things, and you know people. I, I hear this term uh, wake. You know, people are waking up, but I I, I don't like it. I, I don't I don't like that idea. I think it's an easy way of saying it, but I think it's um, it's kind of uh, derogatory to people that are, are comfortable. Living their living their life and you know can't be can't be bothered, you know mainly mainly older people that they can't be bothered. But um, but you and I know there's a lot of old people. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. Old people, um, like you know like like fifty and above, um, that that are starting to, to question stuff. Or you know mainly in the circles that, that that we're involved in, and it's like there's there's really no there's no age anymore. I. I personally feel like a kid, so you know I look at anyone that's 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 above that that fifty line as as being older. But I mean, you know, we're going to be there soon enough, <laughs> and I, hopefully, I still feel like a kid. Yeah, in the in the right ways. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, I put my hat backwards every now and then. All right, so, <laughs> is that what keeps your your mind open? It uh, allows the sun to to beam off your forehead. Um, yeah, get the get the third eye, you know, really tuning into those yeah, photons. <laughs> um, I just think it's good to change your routine up, you know, all the time. Um, or you know, if you feel like, uh, you know, it's simple as you know, this is the way I, I walk home. Uh, you know, I might go this way today. You never know what's going to happen, and and it's good to start to start actively putting in different different things into into your life. Um, and you do. I think you do live longer. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> um, there's probably some studies floating around talking about that, uh, like how open-mindedness can affect longevity. Um, maybe we can find some. Um, cool. Uh, do you want to wrap it up? Or do you have some final notes? Yeah, okay, yeah. We, we, um, final notes is, well, it's really just homework for myself. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep um, going down this this journalist path. I'm thinking um, I know at an Acapulco they have like a a couple days of of, uh, of turbo learning how to be a how to be a journalist with um, with uh, yeah, with Luke, Luke and his um, what's yeah I'm trying to think of um, the, the names lost me there. The uh, media university uh, yeah, or change media university, um, I think they call it. Yep, change media. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I know, um, I know Tim uh, from 
from the, the, the last American vagabond. He went and he said it was great. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, I might need to find the time to go to the next one, you know, to, to learn about how to, be, uh, how to be a better journalist now that I consider myself to be on that path. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Never too late for a, a career change. <laughs> well, when do you mean a career change? We've been doing this for, for like <laughs> how long now? Long, um, about 19 months. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we, we wow, said that long. A, a year or more ago, we said we're all journalists now. So, you know, time to em- embrace your, your position in the community, I think. <laughs> it, it, really, it really is because you, you don't, uh, I, I mean, unless you, I, 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 okay, okay, unless you, uh, you know, feel like you've done formal training for something, I mean, this is pretty more, more uh, programming, but I, I feel like, you know, unless, unless you've done the course, I feel like I'm a fraud. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm starting to realize that that's not the case at all. It's got to do with the value that the, the, you know, the person looking back at you receives. And right. if they think you know, you're producing good content and, and they're, they're enjoying your, you know, your reporting style, it's like why, why be defined by a university yeah, well, that's, course? That's kind of uh, – I remember I read this article the other day and it's, it was talking about how the people are setting up these shaman courses and you go for you – know, you do this crash course for, for two months and, and they say – you're a shaman now. Here's your certificate, but really, shaman is is supposed to be a, a title bestowed on you by the community. And if, if people believe that that you really are a healer and can really help people, that's when they start to call you a shaman. You can't really call yourself that, um, especially not for a certificate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, certificate doesn't you know doesn't make you a scientist or a, a lawyer or whatever. You know. Your, your actions and what counts and, and how people yep. um, value them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's got to do with, uh, it's got to do with value. I mean, you can't, um, you can't just, just buy your way into something. Um, actually the, the last note, and we'll finish up here. Um, I just want to quickly reflect on the, the, um, the Latin American Bitcoin conference because we we had the opportunity to go as a media group, and that that was a that was a, a brain changing moment for me. Because I'm wearing a name tag; it's got my actual name on it, and it says you know media, and and we're we're there, we're covering, we're talking about it, we're interviewing people. And I thought, am I am I really a journalist now? Was that did that just happen? And, and I feel like you had the same kind of experience. Like, you know, now uh, this has got yeah, real. Well, I also remember, I did have that experience. I also remember I was uh, having, having a spirited debate with, uh, with the lawyer from Bitso, the, the Bitcoin exchange. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, yep, yep. For, for some reason, I, I, I started saying, look, you can't trust... You can't trust the media. You can't trust the newspapers and this and that. And and she like she said, yes, yeah, it's the guy with the with the media badge on, on around his neck. And I was like, checkmate. Oh. I said, that's right. Don't trust me either. Yes. So, yeah. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Good fun. Great. Okay. Good. Good talking to you, Aaron. And. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, nice to get your your insight progressing in your identity as a as a journalist. Here I am. <laughs> I got the mic on. Mm-hmm.
Cheers for checking out another wonderful, amazing episode of the Paradise Paradox. Uh, anyone interested in show notes, this is episode 111, triple one. Uh, nothing but synchronicities here. That's uh, show notes, theparadiseparadox.com forward slash one one one. Stay tuned. Looking forward to producing more of these episodes. Um, if you're if you're enjoying this, please leave a comment. Don't waste any time. Jump down there and subscribe right now. Uh, do something um, for for your sake. You, you heard the episode. It's time to create action. It's time to start doing things. It's time to change the routine. So. Um, Subscribe, comment, like, follow, iTunes, do something. Okay, peace, love, be well.